0: Appreciate that. Appreciate your singing this morning, and uh, appreciate you singing out as well. We have going um, to be continuing our series, Jesus in the Psalms, today, and um, looking at a well-known psalm, Psalm 23. You know, these are these are words in this psalm that have certainly provided a great deal of comfort and encouragement uh, to folks over time, and perhaps maybe more than any other psalm, perhaps more than any other portion of scripture in, in times of trouble or times of need. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a psalm that where the, God's words just work, I think, in the hearts of the hearer and ministers uh, to our wounded spirits. It, it's also the psalm that has formed the basis for more um, sacred music, more music that is related to the Lord uh, than any other cryptu- uh, scriptural section. And so um, that's uh, Psalm 23. Uh, this, this psalm this morning, or as we look at it, it it's just simply titled The Good Shepherd The Good Shepherd, this message as we go through this. But uh, Psalm 23 is a psalm of David. I'm going to go ahead and read this psalm aloud. If you want to just follow along and your Bibles are on the screen. Psalm 23 is a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness Forever, let's pray, Heavenly Father. We pray that today, as we look at this wonderful psalm, we look at it with fresh eyes. Father, help us to see how wonderful You are through the words that are before us from Your Word. Father, help us to have hope and trust. Lord, help us to be comforted and encouraged in the midst of whatever situations of life we find ourselves. Father, we, we pray that today we would be drawn ever closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. There is something that's just, I, I think, beautiful about the 23rd Psalm and the, the way that it's written. It is certainly poetic in nature, and we, we know that there's poetry, but Every time you look back at it and consider it, I think there's so much more just to, to pull from it and gather. You know, one of, the, one of the great things about this psalm is it begins all the way back in uh, verse 1. It's just the way that it is so personal. You know, it, do, it doesn't say uh, the Lord is our shepherd or the Lord is a shepherd it's the lord is my shepherd. right and I, and i think that that just resonates with our hearts knowing that we have a shepherd who cares for the sheep. and and that's so much different than than just saying okay, you know, god's a good shepherd out there, right? i i mean I don't know about you, but yeah uh, you, you ever—you uh, ever knew somebody who was a good boss? The only problem was they weren't your boss, <laughs> right? I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's great to know that there is a good shepherd out there, but it's something entirely different to know that He is my shepherd, right? He is my shepherd, and—and and that's really what I think helps with this Psalm to make it so personal, to help touch the heart is, is just the fact that it, it begins so eloquently with the fact that the Lord is my shepherd. Now, I make this note here because at the very beginning there you see Lord and it's written in all caps. That's because we have a name here for God, Yahweh. Uh, sometimes it is uh, stated as Jehovah, same word there between the two. And so whether you hear Yahweh or Jehovah, uh, that's the one. That is um, the the one who has a covenant relationship with, with Israel. It is a name that means eternal. It's a name that means immutable or unchanging. Um, he is the one who was, who is, and is to come. And that is the reminder of, of this God who, who is eternal. You know, all the way in, in Genesis, we, we get a definition of the meaning of this, this word. And uh, Genesis twenty one thirty three and Abraham planted a grove in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God, right? The eternal one. And that's what's being described here. And, and so here is wonderful God, Yahweh, the one true God, and and he is giving a declaration that Yahweh is my shepherd, the eternal one, the one who always was, the one who is, the one who is to come, the one who is unchanging, that's who my shepherd is. And in times of turmoil and stress, isn't that what we need to hear? He doesn't go away, He truly is eternal. He, he won't disappear. His goodness, His mercy, it's unchanging. His love, it, it won't change. And, and, and He is there in, in the midst of what we're going through. That's the one who cares for us. In fact, as we consider this in Scripture, Throughout the Old Testament, there are various names uh, that are given for uh, for God. Um, And in all of those occurrences, some people call it the Jehovah titles. Um, You probably have heard some of these like Jehovah Jireh or things like that, right? God will provide. One of the things that is unique about Psalm 23 is that we see um, various ones of these names for God um, in fact, out, out of the ten, we see seven of them really appear in Psalm 23 because the psalm itself matches up with what God does and how he is named. So um, so I, I'm going to mention just to some of these, these ten names for you right now as we get started. But uh, Jehovah Jireh is uh, God will provide. Jehovah Rofika, Jehovah that healeth. Right, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah my banner, Jehovah Mikadishkim, Jehovah that does sanctify you, Jehovah Shalom, right, God send peace, Jehovah Zebaoth, Jehovah of hosts, Lord of hosts, I'm familiar with that, Jehovah Zidkenu, Jehovah our righteousness, God our righteousness, Jehovah Shema. God is there, Jehovah Elion, God Most High, Jehovah Roy, God my Shepherd, and so we will see those throughout here. Um, seven of those ten names. the The latter part of verse one there is a great reminder that I shall not want. See, when when God is my Shepherd, I shall not want. God is enough. He is enough. He will take care of me. He is all that I need. And it's not just, you know, I do not want, right? I do not want, you know, I had a donut this morning. I had coffee. I'm good right now, right? You know, it's not I just, I do not want, but I shall not want. I will not want continually. I will not lack because God is enough. And he is my shepherd. So as we consider these, these terms for God, the, the first one that we see in here actually is this this very first one, Jehovah um, uh, verse one, we have Jehovah Jireh right there, right? I shall not want. What does that mean? God will provide. Right? We might also say, Jehovah Roy there, right? God my shepherd. And, and th- through that, uh, we see that God is putting on display his names before us. This concept of God being our shepherd was not a new one in the Old Testament. Um, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. We see certain imagery over and over again. Of um, Part of that is, is God being a shepherd. And uh, I want to take us through just some of those places Because I I think, you know, we hear the Lord is my shepherd or or God is my shepherd. And I think we think Psalm 23, rightly so. Um, But some of the other places I think can be um, put off to the side. In in part, um, some of them are in the prophets and uh, they're not usually read as much. But some of them are in minor prophets and that makes it even harder. Uh, But I want to work through some of these instances just so you see that God displays that he is a shepherd all the way in the Old Testament. And, and he was a shepherd to Israel. Amos three twelve says, Thus saith the Lord, As the shepherd taketh out of the mouth of the lion, two legs or a piece of an ear, so shall the children of Israel be taken out that dwell in Samaria in the corner of a bed and in Damascus in a couch. It's saying he's going to protect the children of Israel like uh like a shepherd right? he will protect them in the midst of that they may have been bitten at right? but he will protect them he will take care of them isaiah forty eleven puts it this way he shall feed his flock like a shepherd he shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young god is our shepherd 49 9 there in isaiah also that thou mayest say to the prisoners go forth To them that are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed in the ways, and their pastures shall be in all high places. goes on in verse 10 here and says, They shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat nor the sun smite them, for he that hath hath mercy on them shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them. What is that, God leading them as a shepherd? Jeremiah 31.10 Hear the word of the Lord, O you nations, and declare it in the isles afar off. And say that the scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. That's what God will do. He will gather together the scattered. And a little bit of a longer passage here, but I wanted to include it because perhaps from the shepherd passages, it is a reminder that God is the shepherd and there are under shepherds under him. And some of those under shepherds can be unfaithful and and God still will act as our shepherd in the midst of that. Ezekiel 34, beginning in verse 6, says the following, My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth and none did search or seek after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, uh, oops, sorry, therefore, sorry, verse 8, As I live, saith the Lord, surely because my flock became a prey, and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherd search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves, and fed not my flock. Verse 9, Therefore, O shepherds, hear ye the word of the Lord, Verse 10, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand, and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth, and they may not be meat for them. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in a good pasture, and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good fold, and in fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will will feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God." I will seek that which was lost, and bring again that which was driven away, and will bind up that which was broken, and will strengthen that which was sick, and I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. And as for you, O my flock, thus saith the Lord, behold, I judge between cattle and cattle, between rams and the he-goats. Seemeth it a small thing unto you to have eaten up the good pasture, but ye must tread down with your feet the residue of your pastures, and to have drunk of the deep waters, but ye must foul the residue of your feet. And as for my flock, they eat that which ye have trodden with your feet, and they drink that which ye have fouled with your feet. What's the point? God's the ultimate shepherd, right? He's going to take care of his flock, even when those he has appointed to that position fail to, Right? I think that should be encouragement today. We were uh, looking at Sunday school and considering the whole idea of false teachers and how sometimes false teachers can even pull away believers into their um, into their you know their own way or off to them. They can lead astray even the people of God. And this is a reminder to us that even when the one who is supposed to be teaching the true things fails to do so, or or is gaining for themselves rather than for the sake of others, that God, the ultimate shepherd, will take care of his sheep. That God will look after them. Psalm 23, verse 2, looking ahead now, reminds us that he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. It's a great comfort, right? What's that good food and rest? Right? He looks after me. Still waters, they're calm. Sheep won't be taken away by a raging river. It's peaceful, serenity. And that reminds us of Jehovah Shalom, God who sends peace. I have a photo here. Uh, This is a stereoscopic image. That means it shows up twice. You used to have these little things. You put them in and make it 3D looking. So... Um, anyway, you've got it up there twice for that reason. But, um, but with that image, um, this, this is actually um, a shepherd with sheep, and there's goats in there too, um, on really still waters. That's, a, that's still waters there on the plain of, of Jezreel. That's over in Palestine. So um, just an example of what something like that um, has looked like this was a, a number of years ago when this photo was taken obviously but, um, but that would, would be similar to the type of, of scene you would have with the sheep there beside the still waters and the shepherd overlooking the flock. What a, um, what a wonderful full picture of uh, a shepherd on, on the alert. Uh, the one who took this photo actually also noted that the uh, sheep are separated from the goats and it just kind of a a random thing. It's hard to see from here, but uh, they actually are. Um, but one of the things that comes up and, and reminds us is that the, the fact that these sheep are truly dependent upon shepherds. They, they could not be left alone and be expected to survive. And um, and as we um, consider that, Numbers twenty-seven sixteen says, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation, verse 17 there, uh, which may go out before them and which may go in before them, and he may lead them out, which may bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. And so when when God was setting up leadership and authority over his people, he, he was doing so, noting the fact that, that illustration of his people being a sheep and that they needed a shepherd to guide them and help them. Um, and other places show that need for a shepherd as well. Isaiah sixty three eleven 11, that he remembered the old days of Moses and his people saying, where is he that brought them up out of the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he that put his Holy Spirit within him? And so a reminder there that Moses shepherded the people out of, out of Egypt. On God's behalf there. And then 2 Samuel 5 2, also in time past, when Saul was king over us, uh, thou wast he that ledest us out and brought us in Israel. And the Lord said to thee, Thou shalt feed my people Israel, and thou shalt be a captain over Israel. Um, a shepherding role. First Kings there also, twenty two seventeen. And he said, I saw all Israel scattered upon the hills as a sheep that have not a shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master, let them return every man to his house in peace. And I don't know if you have ever, um, uh, obviously, the the familiar passage is uh, found in the Gospels of Matthew. But when Jesus looks out at the crowd and says that they are, he's moved with the ca- compassion because there are sheep having no shepherd. Um, but that's not the first place we see that idea. Um, it actually is not a New Testament idea. Um, it goes all the way back to to the Old Testament, and we're we're taught the importance of that. Now. You may have read a book um, uh, about a shepherd who teaches Psalm 23. It was a very popular book, and he would give all the details about shepherding and fields and what sheep are like and all these different things. And that is, um, I I think, does provide some insight. But, you know, um, we actually don't have to read a book outside of Scripture to figure out what sheep are like. And um, I'm just going to quickly read through a section for you about all the time the scripture talks about sheep, right? And and I, I'm not going to read all the passages, I'm just going to hit the highlights and give you the verse reference um, and, and tell you what, basically what, the highlight of what it says about them. Now, anybody here, anybody here have sheep before? Anybody kept sheep? No? No, the closest I've been is living down the road from some, but... Uh, you know, <laughs> I never kept sheep. But uh yeah, okay. So no shepherds here. Uh, but uh let me let me read through this because I, I, I don't want to to really go into that in that direction today, but I do want you to see how much scripture has to say about sheep. All right, so first, um clean and used as food in Deuteronomy fourteen four. Uh, they are described as innocent in second Samuel twenty four seventeen. Uh they um Uh, we can use the term proliferate, right? They multiply. In John 10, 4 and 5, they're agile in Psalm 114, 4 and verse 6. They are uh, covered with a fleece, Job 31, 20. They um, remarkably multiply, even more so. Psalm 107, 41, 144, 13. Song uh, Song of Songs uh, 4, 2. Ezekiel 36, 37. Uh, They bleat. Right? They make that sound, it's alluded to in Judges 5.16, 1 Samuel 15.14. They are under man's care from the earliest age, Genesis 4.4. They um, constitute a great part of patriarchal wealth in the Old Testament, Genesis 13.5, 24.25, and 26.14. Males are called rams, 1 Samuel 15.22. Jeremiah 15.41. Females are called ewes. Uh, Psalm seventeen, seventy-eight, seventy-one. The young are called lambs. Exodus twelve, three. Isaiah eleven, six. Um, there are places that were celebrated uh, uh, for them. The, the Kedar, Ezekiel twenty-seven, twenty-one. Bashan, uh, Deuteronomy thirty-two, fourteen. Nebaioth, uh, I- Isaiah sixty-seven. Basra, Micah two, twelve. Um, they, the flesh of them is used extensively as food in First Samuel 25.18, 1 Kings 1.19, uh, 1 Kings 4.23, Nehemiah 5.18, Isaiah 22.13. The milk of sheep used, is used for food in Deuteronomy 32.14, Isaiah 7.21, 22, and 1 Corinthians 9.17. The, the skins of were worn as clothing by the poor in Hebrews 11.37. The skins were used to make a covering for the tabernacle in Exodus 25.5, 39-34. Uh, the wool is also made into clothing in Job 31.20, Proverbs 31.13, Ezekiel 34.3. They are offered in sacrifice from the earliest age, Genesis 4.4, 8.20, 9 and 10. They're offered in sacrifice under the law, Exodus 20.24, 20, uh, Leviticus 1.10, 1 Kings 8.5. There are flocks of that are attended to by members of a family. So the family has a shepherding role. Genesis 29.9. And um, keep going here. Attended by servants in 1 Samuel 17.20. Guarded by dogs in Job 31. Kept in folds or coats. right? Kept in groups. First Samuel 24.3. Conducted to the richest pastures. Psalms 23.2. Fed on the mountains in Exodus 3.1, fed in the valleys, Isaiah 65.10, frequently covered the pastures in Psalm 65.13, watered every day, Genesis 29.8-10, made to rest at noon in Psalm 23.2, followed the shepherd, John 10.4, fled from strangers, John 10.5, washed and shorn every year in Song of Solomon 4.2. Firstlings of not to be shorn, Deuteronomy fifteen nineteen. Firstlings of not to be redeemed, Numbers eighteen seventeen. Firstlings of could not be dedicated as a free will offering in Leviticus twenty seven twenty six. Tithe of were given to the Levites, so they got sheep. And second Chronicles thirty one. First wool of was given to the priests in Deuteronomy eighteen four. Time of shearing was a time of rejoicing in first Samuel twenty five two. Frequently they were given as presents in 2 Samuel 17 29, given as a tribute in 2 Kings 3 4, destroyed by wild beasts regularly in Jeremiah 50, 17 and other places, taken in great numbers in war, Judges 6:4 and other places, cut off by disease in Exodus 9-3. Uh, false prophets assumed the simple appearance of sheep in Matthew 9:75. They were used as illustrations of the Jews in Psalm 74:1, of the people of Christ in John 10, 7 through 26, of the wicked in their death in Psalm 49, 14, of those under God's judgment in Psalm 44:1, because of their patience and simplicity of the patience of Christ in Isaiah 53, 7 and their proneness to wander of those who depart from God in Psalm 119, 176 of the lost and unregenerate Matthew 10, 6 when found of restored sinners in Luke 15, 5 being separated from the goats showing the separation of the saints from the wicked in Matthew 25, 32 and 33 I mean, that's just some of the places and um, that may be more about sheep than you ever wanted to know, right? But it's a tremendous amount in scripture having to do with sheep and the way God uses them to illustrate uh, various aspects, whether it be the life of believers or the, the, uh, or the, the life of, of Israel, um, those who don't know the Lord and the lost and those who are restored to the Lord and how all of those things are put together. And it's a good reminder to us as we think about God taking those, finding that lost sheep and bringing back that wayward sinner, so to speak, as we see here in Psalm 23:3, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He revives me when I'm down or backslidden. He brings me back to Him. He guides me. That's what leadership is. He's guiding. And. what is it for his namesake? It's all for the glory of God, right? It is, it is for him. Jehovah Rofika, God that heals thee. Jehovah Zidkinu, God of our righteousness. Great reminders here of what God has done for believers and how he protects his saints. This um, example before us here is a reminder one of those things that we see in scripture over and over again is the way that sheep are handled is that they're led from place to another. They're not driven, and uh, that's, that's different than the cattle drives today and the sheep dogs chasing them and barking at them and everything else. They're led, and they're led along the way. And that's what God offers for us, right? That, that he will lead us, show us the path, guide us on the way, and... Um, we have the privilege of, if we know Christ as our Savior, knowing his voice. Psalm 24, let's, I mean, 23 to verse 4 now says, Yea, the, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. All right, so this um, valley of the shadow of death, there is nothing to fear in the midst of that. Why? Because he is with us. All right, it is his presence there. Um, and as we, as we think about where there are shadows, right? The only place you get a shadow is if there's light somewhere. And um, so, so, um, so we think of our great Savior and the, the light of the world. Um, when we're going through a shadow, even in the midst of that, Christ is there. Jehovah Shammah, God is there. That's the reminder. That's the, the title of the Lord there of the ten that we see there in the Old Testament. One of the great things for us to remember is that we don't have to be afraid because of the presence of God. And that's comforting in the midst of whatever we're going through. Verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Right, Tables prepared, head is anointed, the cup is overflowing here is Jehovah Nisi, right? God is my banner. It's also Jehovah, Mekadashim, Jehovah that doth sanctify you. Right? That anointing there, that idea there of him uh, sanctifying us. Go into verse 6 now. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Two, two things here. One has to do with this life, right? Surely goodness and mercy. Spurgeon actually called those twin guardian angels that are back and beck, was how he put it, right? Uh, they're behind us and then they're at our beck and call, right? That's the, that's the idea. Goodness and mercy of God will be with us all the days of our life. And in, in the midst of that, we are preparing for eternity because we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The best is yet to come. That's the the promise there, right? That's how it ends. So the shadows of today's life, it's okay, God's with me through them. Whatever happens in this life, his goodness, his mercy is going to be with me. It will follow me in the midst of it. And I'm going to be in God's house forever. The best is yet to come. I don't know if you've ever thought about that idea of the good shepherd, but um, one of the things that I think clearly clarifies that is when we begin to move into the New Testament. And uh, we mentioned the fact that Psalm 23 is the psalm that is most often uh, used in um, music, right? Music and the music of the church through through the years. And um, Henry W. Baker um, wrote a um, a, a, a hymn, you, you have heard it here before, even if you don't remember it, The King of Love, My Shepherd Is. We, we've sung that here before. It's been our song of the month. Um, but it is really a paraphrase of Psalm 23, um, with a little kicker at the end, so to speak. And so um, I'm going to read the words to this hymn, and you're going to see, I think, as, as I read this aloud, how it's a paraphrase of Psalm 23. So just just follow along with these words. The king of love my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever. Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth. And where the verdant pastures grow, with food celestial feedeth. Perverse and foolish oft I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. In death's dark veil I fear no ill, with thee, dear Lord, beside me, thy rod and staff my comfort still, thy cross before to guide me. Thou spreadst a table in my sight, thine unction grace bestoweth. And oh, what transport of delight from thy pure chalice floweth. And so through all the length of days, thy goodness faileth never. Good shepherd, may I sing thy praise within thy house forever. And so I I think you see there the way that the words flow from the psalm you know, one of the things that that psalm does is that beyond what we have just described, as the Lord is my shepherd, that Yahweh is my shepherd, it gives the clear identity of the shepherd. And it tells us who the good shepherd is. It's the same words and the same one that was pointed to in John 10, 11, when Jesus spoke and said, I am the good shepherd the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. John 10, 14, he also says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. See that great promise there from verse one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, speaks to the provision that we have today from the good shepherd himself, Jesus Christ. So how do we know that that Lord that Yahweh is Jesus, well, because Jesus makes clear that He is Yahweh. There's no doubt about that. John eight fifty eight. Jesus said unto them, "Verily, verily I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am." You say, well, what, what does that mean? He just existed before Abraham. Well, remember when God gave His name, Yahweh, and Moses was asking, who do I say to the people who have sent me? God spoke, say to them that I am has sent thee. Yahweh has sent thee. And he said, well, I don't know if if, if that's exactly right. Well, let's see the people who spoke Hebrew, (laughs) who knew the significance of the name of Yahweh that day. What did they do when they heard it? Verse 59, then they they, uh, took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself. What happened? They tried to kill him. Why? He was claiming to be God. And they said, that's blasphemy. But Jesus is God. And as he stood before them there that day. And so when, when he speaks, we see all of the Old Testament and the shepherding pointing to this good shepherd who is to come. We've referenced this book uh, this, this verse before, Mark six thirty four and Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, was moved with compassion toward them because they were a sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. What did he do? He began to lead them. He began to instruct them. He began to encourage them. 1 Peter two twenty five, for you were a sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. How did that happen? Well, because of Jesus Christ who laid down his life for the sheep. First Peter 5, 4 says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. What's that? Jesus will return, right? He's going to be back. He's coming again. And Revelation seven seventeen points yet again to the future. For the Lamb, right? The Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world, which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them a lamb acting as a shepherd and shall lead them unto the fountains of living water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Jesus, the Lamb of God, is also the shepherd of the flock of God. He is the good shepherd. And as a reminder uh, of what has been accomplished, Hebrews 13 verse 20 says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the Everlasting Covenant." You know, Scripture has this wonderful way of tying together beautiful images. And uh, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that perfect, spotless, blameless Lamb who was slaughtered just as the lambs in the Old Testament were, were, were killed and gave up their blood, as as a sacrifice, but yet this sacrifice was one that was perfect. It was a once-for-all sacrifice. No longer do we have to sacrifice sheep on altars for the forgiveness of sins, for the, the true Lamb of God has come into the world. His own did not recognize him, and yet he gave his life, he suffered, he bled, he died on the cross for the sins of the world. And him who as a lamb and stands as the lamb of God and and will be in in the, the glories of heaven, he stands in the midst of that celestial city and feeds the sheep. Who's that? That's the flock of God, those who know the Lord, those who belong to him, those who are of his pasture, and He provides for them and looks after them in all eternity. You see, it doesn't end because He's the one who was, who is, and is to come. He's everlasting. He's eternal. He he will not stop. And that wonderful Lamb of God who is, as it says here, the Great Shepherd, who gave his life for the sheep, that wonderful one, stands there leading us and guiding us even today so that we go safely home. And you see, Psalm 23 is beautiful by itself, but the depth of the imagery of our wonderful Savior, who's known as both the Good and the Great Shepherd, who's the Lamb of God and yet also the ultimate, the great shepherd of the flock. He looks after his sheep and brings them to himself. The the question before us today starts with just a simple one. Are you one of the sheep of his pasture? That's the, the first question. And that involves recognizing this Jesus, the Lamb of God, as being the one who died for the sins of the world. The one who truly is God, who is Yahweh, as he said. The one who is the I am. And in the midst of his perfection as God was willing to lay down his life as a sacrifice for the sins of the world. He shed his own blood for the remissions of sin. He hung on a cross and the agony, pain, and shame. Of being laid naked before all, treated as a criminal, put among the worst of the worst, and yet he had lived a perfect life. And he endured all of that, suffered, bled, died, he was buried in the grave. Then he rose again the third day. See, that God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the the one who raised our great shepherd, the one who shed his blood, that we ourselves could lay hold to the promise of God that we experience everlasting life in his presence. The question before us today is "Is the Lord your shepherd. Because Psalm 23 is a great comfort to those who can say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That promise is reserved for those who are the sheep of his pasture. Could I just simply Encourage you this morning. If you have never considered that, or if you have questions about that today, grab somebody, talk to them before you leave today. We, we we'd love to talk to you. Many people here would be glad to talk to you. This is the most important thing that you could ever do. It truly is to have the Lord as your shepherd. What he is offering is wonderful. And it's available to you today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the encouragement. We thank you for the hope that comes from your word, knowing the truth of what's yet ahead. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Our good and great shepherd, the one who willingly laid down his life for our sins. Father, I pray that today, as we examine our hearts, we would ask ourselves that question, are we part of the flock of God? Do we belong to you? Is Jesus our shepherd? Father, I pray for those who today are listening to this message and saying, I don't know if I would know his voice. If that's you today, can I encourage you to get together with someone have them show you from the Bible what it means to be a Christian, Father, I pray also for those today who are hurting that this psalm would give comfort. The Lord is your shepherd that that father, this psalm would bring about peace that surpasses all understanding through the reminder of how you lead and guide, that you never leave or forsake, that you are always with us, that we are in the presence of the very one who takes care of our need. Father, we pray that you would use your word today in our hearts. Help us to see you once again in the beauty that perfect, spotless Lamb of God who gave his life for the sins of the world. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.